Welcome to the Real Live Faith Podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Janice. Life is a parable. All of creation points to God the Creator. We're going to be talking about how we see this in action in our everyday lives and how we use our good days and our mess-ups to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We don't know in what season of life you find yourself currently, but let this be a season of new life and growth. Join us as we talk about having real faith in real life. How many times have you been asked these questions? Can you do me a favor? Could you help me? Can you give me a ride? Could you help me with some groceries? Can you take me to an appointment? Can I borrow some money? Sometimes our phones buzz with yet another text or call from that one friend or family member who seems to reach out with every need under the sun. So how do you respond? What is your reaction when that happens? Do you always say yes? Or do you struggle to make yourself available? Or maybe for you, it's no problem at all to decline their request. Sometimes it seems the people who always agree to help are the ones who get asked over and over again. Why do they keep coming back to that one person? Is it to take advantage? Maybe. Or is it because there is no one else willing or able to accommodate the need? You know, I realize every case is different, but to me, the thing that intrigues me the most is the response from the person who is asked to help. It's tricky because, like you said, there's so many different reasons why help is needed and also why we pick certain people to ask for help. Do you think about who to ask and what's their attitude like? Do you mainly pick people who don't really mind to help and who make you feel like you're not a burden and they have joy when it comes to serving and helping? And if so, how many of those friends do you have in your life that you can take turns asking? Or is there just one or two that you keep turning to all the time? Or if you're the one being asked for help, does it seem like the requests are relentless? Like everybody asks for help with every little thing. Because to me, it seems like that's the most common, which is sad because it means that those genuine joyful qualities that we look for are missing in most Christians today. Instead of being willing to bear one another's burdens, we choose to look the other way and leave it for someone else thinking it's not our problem. We choose to be selfish because it's not convenient for us to allow interruptions to our day. Oh, I love how you gave that reference for Galatians 6 about bearing one another's burdens. And it makes me think about a passage that I memorized a few years ago, and it's from Philippians 2. It says in verses 3 through 8, that we are not to be selfish. We're not to try and impress others. Instead, we're to be humble. We're to think of others as better than ourselves. We're not to look out for our own interest only, but we're to take an interest in others also. And we are told to have the same attitude that Christ had, right? He's our example of humility. Even though he was God, he gave up his divine privileges. He took that humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And you know, what we don't want to do is confuse this with enabling bad behavior in other people. You know, that's another topic for another day. We also do not want to confuse this or give the impression that we're telling you to say yes to every single demand that you are presented with, right? That also is a different topic. So what we're talking about in this episode today is instead 
this simple act of kindness, right? What is called servitude, helping one another as you are able. And really, it all boils down to obedience and listening to the Holy Spirit as he guides you. And he shows you the many opportunities to be the hands and feet of Christ. You know, we are shown countless opportunities to extend the love of Christ to other people and to be a witness. But I think so many times we just get distracted and we get wrapped up in our own wants and desires that we often neglect to take hold of those divine appointments the Lord gives us. And there really are so many opportunities to extend kindness to someone. We don't have a good enough excuse not to help at least one. If you're constantly being asked for help by so many different people, it can kind of feel like having a bunch of baby birds with their mouths open in a nest all at the same time, all begging for your attention. Among all of those, it can kind of feel like most of them are taking advantage of you, like they don't really need help. But there are still some who genuinely do need help. They physically or financially or whatever the circumstance may be are unable to help themselves. And that's not for lack of trying. And so when we receive those types of requests or hear about them from, you know, the church or wherever your notifications come from and you decide to do something about it, what's your attitude? Are you happy to help or do you just feel obligated to do your weekly quote unquote good deed? We may unintentionally be treating those genuinely in need like trash because of ingenuine people who have burned and hurt us before, but that's not fair to them. So if you've ever asked for help and received begrudging or resentful help, let me, as someone who sometimes struggles to be a joyful and genuine helper, say, forgive us, because that's not how believers should act, and that's not how Jesus acted. I think that's a good point. And, you know, something else that we should ask ourselves is, why are we not cheerful servants? Why are we not willing to inconvenience ourselves and help someone? Christians are called to live and act and talk different than the rest of the world. That's how we're to be an example to the unbelievers. And so if we don't show others how it looks to live like Christ and for Christ, they're going to wonder why they should believe what we preach, since it's not producing a lifestyle any different than they have, right, as lost people. But if we portray a marked difference, they might become curious as to why and begin to seek out the truth. It's so important to show others who Christ is through the way we talk and act. And it doesn't have to be real complicated or some grand gesture. It really could be as simple as smiling or holding the door for someone or returning a shopping cart for another customer. You can start with the little things like that where, you know, I'm already in town, so I can help this time because it's nothing. But realize that we are called to more than just nothing. Right? People ask for help with big things because it's something to them. And when God gives us those opportunities that are out of our way, it's those that help us become more like him and connect us with other people in a deeper way and grow us in selflessness. So those big projects are good for us and a blessing to other people. So don't immediately push the idea out of your mind. Instead, ask God if that's a blessing that he wants to use you to deliver. I think that's important because... You know, a lot of times there will be an opportunity for us to serve and to help. And that is a step of obedience that God is presenting to us. You know, it's like a test of faith. You know, here's an opportunity for you to go and help this other person, right? We are the hands and feet of Christ. So someone has a need and God is going to meet that need through you. And so the Holy Spirit 
will prompt you, you know, here's a task that needs done and you're going to get asked, you know, are you available? Can you do this? Can you meet this need? And if you choose to not meet the need, which, you know, that's your prerogative, right? You, it's your choice to make. So let's say that you choose not to because you just don't feel like it. Someone else is going to step in and, and fill that need, right? You know, God's plans are not going to be stopped just because you choose to not be obedient, right? You, you can't, you're, you're not that powerful. So if you just don't want to do something, then that opportunity will be presented to someone else and they will step in. But here's the thing. You never know what's waiting on the other side of your obedience, right? I mean, how many times do we, you know, oh man, I don't feel like doing this, but then you do it and then you see what's on the other side and you think, wow, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to fill that need, to provide that, to help out in that way. And, you know, that's the thing we need to remember is we, we are so prone to operating on feelings and we need to stop doing that. Your, your feelings are not facts, right? You, those come and go. They're so fickle. You know, you, you don't feel like doing a lot of things, but you'll find that if you just push past those feelings and go on and do the step of obedience that needs to be taken, it will be different on the other side. You know, you will get in there and say, okay, you know what, this, I don't feel so bad now. You know, it's actually working out great. You know, we had that with a ministry we helped out years ago. I didn't feel like going. I didn't want to go. You know, I wanted to stay home. I wanted to nap or hang out at the house or watch TV or something. And then by the time we got there, I was seeing God move in a mighty way. And I thought, man, I almost missed that. I almost missed it because I was going to stay home and watch a TV show. Yeah, God uses the blessings that you are to other people to bless you. And so you will be blessed all the more for going and helping somebody else. And all it takes is just getting outside of our selfishness, our self-centeredness and our pride, setting that aside and just simply doing what God asks us to do. It's as simple as that. And I, I don't know why we complicate it so much. You know, our flesh gets in the way of obedience so many times. You know, our hearts should be for other people, not against them. There's no room for hate where the gospel is concerned. And this world tries so hard to divide us against each other. And, and the world will tell us, we help those who help themselves. Well, that's horrible advice. And that's not even biblical either. The man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5, he was not told by Jesus that he would help him if only he would help himself. He went out to that man and helped him, not because the man sought him out, but because Jesus was moved with compassion to help the man. Jesus knew that man needed salvation. He knew he needed forgiveness of sins, and he healed that man without being asked by anyone. He set out to help him on his own. Another example is the friends of the paralytic. You know, they did not tell the paralyzed man that they would help him if only he would help himself. They knew he needed help and they sought a way to get him to Jesus. They acted without being asked. Those are really good. And it also reminds me of the woman in Samaria in John chapter 4. Verse 4 says, talking about Jesus, that he had to pass through Samaria. So he had work to do through that town in order to get where he was going. He knew this woman was going to be there and he wanted to talk to her. He knew what was going to happen out of that conversation. And so he wanted to go to her. And even when he got there, she didn't have to do anything to look for him. He was waiting for her at the well. Verse 8 says that his disciples had gone into town to buy food, 
But Jesus stayed behind because he knew she would be coming. And so he waited for her so that he could minister to her even while she was still in her sin. She didn't have to get cleaned up first. And so those are just some examples, you know, of how he he doesn't wait for you to help yourself. He comes to you. That's the grace and the mercy of, of the gospel. So, you know, with the example of the paralytic and his friends who helped, how did those friends know to help that guy? They were taught, right? Somebody taught them. They learned to be compassionate. They learned to have kindness like that. It's not something that you just magically be born and learn how to do, right? And so for some of us that are seasoned believers, we get frustrated because we don't struggle with this. You know, we freely help people. It is not a problem to jump in and provide someone with a ride to the doctor or what, whatever it is, you know, going and picking up groceries, cleaning their house, providing a meal, watching their kids, you know, fill in the blank. It's not hard for us to do that. And so we get frustrated when we see other believers who are a little slow to respond and we think, man, pick up the slack, you know. But with these friends of the paralytic, they were taught. And so this kind of goes with Titus too. You know, the older women were told to help the younger women. And so for those of us who are older seasoned believers, we need to show those younger ones or show those who are not obedient in this area how to do this. We need to example it to them. And that's why it's so, so, so important to be plugged in in your local church. You need to be plugged in with other godly people who can come alongside you and show you how to be compassionate. You need to be seeing other godly examples because they're raising you up. They're showing you how to walk in the way, right? That's right. And just like you said earlier in Philippians 2 verse 3 specifically says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And it's that same selflessness that we need to imitate. We need to give freely of ourselves just like Jesus did. He didn't limit how much or what he gave because everything came from a heart that loved everyone perfectly. And so the only reason we need to be generous is because of our love, which we shouldn't withhold from anyone. So in this world where true brotherly love and kindness is scarce, we need to be the source of those things for others, even if no one shows it back to us. Because really, that's the type of sacrifice Christ showed and exemplified for us when he died on the cross. And the Bible commands us to obey, but we are told to do so humbly. The motive and the condition of our hearts is what God is looking at, not how uh, over the top we act in our obedience, right? We can be obedient and still have self-centered hearts, but God is calling us to put ourselves aside in our obedience so that everything we do is done to glorify and point to Christ alone. And one of the defining characteristics of believers is that we are known as being givers. We don't give because it was an original idea we came up with. We give because Jesus taught us to give. And so many times throughout scripture, the Lord gave wisdom, refuge, strength, peace, eternal life, his own life. If God didn't give to us, we wouldn't even have hope. And many times we're only giving at Christmas or birthdays or, you know, other celebratory times. Well, giving isn't just reserved for those special times. It's all throughout a Christian's life. And that's why stewardship is so crucial. That way we can give. We have the ability and opportunity to give. We should not be hoarding our blessings. We should not um, be having the mindset that it's 
my house, my car, my money, my gas, my time, right? We don't own anything. God is the one who gave all of this to us. And so we need to give it back to him. We need to tell him that we will use it for him, for his work, for his glory, to do whatever he calls us to. So the reason that God blesses us is so that we can be a blessing to others. So it's tempting to think, you know, that, that it, all of these things are mine and I don't want to share. But that is such an immature mindset to have when we truly understand that God is the one who gave it to us. He is the one who owns everything. Then we will get into that right mindset of just managing what he's given us. And that's the mindset that will allow us to give freely like we're called to. And all that we have and are should be given back to him so that others may receive the gift of hope like we have. And that's the challenge we'll leave you with today is to examine the heart behind your service. Look for areas of need that make you excited to serve and do them with joy. If you have not placed your faith in Christ, why wait? Seek him and call on his name for salvation. Confess that you are a sinner and repent of your sin. Surrender to Jesus today and place your trust in him as Savior and Lord of your life. Thanks for listening to the Real Life Faith Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share us with others so they too can learn about living out real faith in real life. You can check out our blog and shop at reallifefaith.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Gab Social. Don't forget to sign up for our emails to receive exclusive subscriber content. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.